Hello, my name is Kwame Asante, and I am the producer of GCRL Sincerely Accra and the Boga Podcast. Do you have a podcast idea and are not sure what to do? If this sounds like you, then head over to listen to gcrl.com forward slash labs to submit your idea. Selected ideas will go through GCR Labs training program and further developed into exciting podcast shows. GCR Labs, giving everyone a voice. You're listening to the Free Your Mind podcast. Join Moya and Kumo every other Wednesday as they share their unfiltered views and debate on topics with guests from issues making the headlines to topics generating buzz in the group chats. Make sure to share the episode with a friend and rate us if you enjoyed it. Why don't you give us a follow on Twitter at GCR Free Your Mind? And of course, you can listen to all our episodes on our website, listen to gcr.com. Just go to shows and you will find Free Your Mind and everything related on there. The next episode starts now. So let's get into the very last topic, which is a very heavy one. And that's going to have a... And that's actually the main reason why I'm recording this. I see that you're laughing. No, <laughs> that's right. You're not the only person who have, who have raised uh, you know, some concern. I, I, I'm here to get your your questions in that direction but it's okay. been it's been a topic you know that we've discussed uh, uh you know over the past uh month we actually okay. went live in april uh, with that with that uh, implementation but yeah now let's go yeah. let's go now right. um i think that in april mtn i mean we we're all sleeping and mtn just pushed an information on us that you might you need your id to cash out your money but then the ID layer of security posed a big challenge because you realize that for any amount of money that you were coming for, you needed an ID. It didn't really say well with me. And, you know, I was like, well, maybe they have their issue because of financial fraud and all of that. Now, some few weeks after, I asked a friend who is a vendor um, how this money was supposed to work. I stand corrected. But then what he told me was that after some few times, some of his colleagues were blocked because they realized that they were actually inputting wrong IDs as payments, um, as as IDs for payments. And when MTM flagged that, they were blocked. I also have a problem with that, but we are going to deal with that um, as we go on. The first question that I'm going to pose to you, why IDs? Let's go back into history, right? Let's go back into history. Right from day one, when we launched the service, you realize that if you go to our service centers and our agent point, we have something we call the transaction booklet. Okay. In that transaction booklet, before you do a transaction, the agent is supposed to record your phone number, record your name. That is the name on the ID, the ID type you presented, the ID number, the transaction type, and then the amount, and they give you the booklet to sign off. Okay. Before a transaction is done. Now, this is also captured in their contract that they need to ensure that this is done before. Then you realize that agents one, those who are doing it at a point um, were just letting themselves go as in the transaction booklet, how they keep it mm-hmm. was becoming an issue. So somebody who is holding his phone comes around, 
take a picture of the transaction booklet and he has information of all the customers who have visited that agent point right and he can use it to do whatever that he wants to to use it for that was one risk we saw with that existing you know directive then the second point was that because there wasn't any preventive and punitive action to it some agent decided not to do it so you realize that those who want to enforce it end up losing business right because when a customer goes to a particular agent and um, he insists to check your id before he does a transaction then the customer says, i don't have an id the customer moves to another agent and that agent does it so then we realize that agents who were abiding by the rules were losing business so then we engage the bank of ghana that look we want to move away from the writing of this information down and that is where the concern of data issue comes in right and that is what we are trying to run away from so we want to just digitize the process so it's not a new process but the medium is now changed from the manual point of recording in a booklet and the challenges with how this agent manages the data he has collected in that booklet moving away from that into digitizing it so this point in time he's not going to write it down he's not going to keep it he's not going to do anything just look at it check that is the same name check that is the same person's picture on it when you are initiating the transaction the name of the wallet will come up for you to see so you check with the name on the id and then you just input the id number and you are done right now the guideline the aml guideline now some people were asking what is the legal basis for it the aml guideline right requires that we do a verification of our customers as at the time of onboarding as at the time of transaction and any time to ensure that is the person we are dealing with and also to manage anti-money laundering risk or money laundering risk it's in it's in the it's in the guideline you know so we have decided to go that will right from day one what we sought to do in april which became an issue was just to switch the model from the manual way of capturing it into a more digitized form so that you don't worry yourself about what the agent capture on in the booklet and what the agent is going to use it for and it's a bridge of your you know data uh, protection stuff here and there we are now moving away from that to a, a digitized form where the agent have, doesn't have anything to to record or to do just to input it on a, a platform and we capture it and we store it you know from our side so that is the history behind the, the the chain that we did at the time and it has a legal basis even when you go to our banking halls right and you want to do any financial transaction they request for your id now for them they have access to the pc and your records and your pictures and everything so when you present your id they can just see what you presented as at the time you were registering and they can do the checks there and there 
our agent unfortunately don't have that access right they, somebody is just using a phone he doesn't have a pc uh, he doesn't have access to certain things so to make it just simple put the validation on us we will do the validation ourselves you just capture that information and send it to us the other question is okay why is mtn not verifying it as at the time that the customer, the agent puts that id card uh, number in it and allows it to pass whether it's a wrong id or not allows it to pass um, at that time two things commercial expediency compliance we're looking at this fact which was something we thought of doing but we were having a problem we are connecting to a database that has the id cards right and then here is our platform mm -hmm. if we capture what the agent had inputted we need to smash it against this id uh, this database for the database to say okay this id is a valid id in there and then the name is godwin tamaklo blah 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 come back to us before we allow we realized that there was some kind of latency between the the response we get from the id database yeah, and so yeah. exactly so the the um transaction kept dropping now we consider this how will we feel as a business if our customer goes to an agent point and he's so much in need of his money you know we are talking about cash out so for somebody to have moved to an agent point to say he's going to do a cash out then it means he really needs his money how will we feel as a business if this customer goes to an agent point and just because of a latency in a particular communication platform he's not able to cash out his money that will become chaos right so we decided let us rather go with a post-transaction validation and then work on this latency issue until we get it right before we bring in the real-time validation of it you know so we went with that so whatever the agent put in the system is not validating at that point but then there's a post-transaction validation as for that one no matter how many minutes it takes for the response to come it doesn't affect the transaction right so the customer does the transaction he's gone and we are dealing with the agent because we expect the agent to do the right thing just look at the id take a look at it the name the picture and then enter the id number that's it we don't do anything more don't record anything just capture what the id that the person has brought to you so that was the the way we went but then we were having instances where agents were putting in maybe he select uh, a national id and put in one 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 you know he selects a voter id and put in two 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 or zero 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 and it's going so they thought yeah, yeah. it was okay yeah. We blocked over 7,000 agents, over 7,000 agents. And this formed just about 3% of the active, number of active agents who did the transaction within the period of our validation, just 3%, right? So we were, we were much assured and comfortable with the fact that almost 97% were abiding by the rules. And it is just these 3% who are not. And we dealt with them.
As I speak with you now, another message is gone. Monday went to some agents who were blocked. We blocked them for two weeks and then we reactivated it and, and then uh, um, gave them, you know, this uh, warning that if they do it again, they'll go for one month. And then the third time, they are out. So as I speak to you, about 2,400 agents come next week Monday would be blocked. And that that is second offenders. Second offender, 2,400 and something agents. So we have sent them a notification, the first notification on Monday. Tomorrow being the Thursday, they will have the second notification. And then next week Monday, the account will go off for one month. And then after that one month, they'll be given the final warning. And then if they do it again, they are gone. Apart from that, we are on the ground again, educating agents as to what to do. What is the right ID number you are supposed to pick, you know, to enter? Uh, do you need to write those ID numbers down before you enter? No, you don't. So there is also a, a, a counter um awareness program which we are rolling out so that agent will not complain that look they didn't tell us how to do this and we do this and they block us no no and we are doing this in collaboration with the agent associations you know today we have three different agent associations in ghana now so we are doing that with the various agent associations and those who don't belong to any of the associations we are dealing with them one-on-one -on -one, you know so that's that's so far that's that's what we've done okay. and you know right. my response right. to your question but yes. i personally think that there is a flaw for on that because we put so responsibility into the hands of the vendors now let's take a scenario where somebody is coming to withdraw a huge transaction comes with an id card it is just a card right looking at it on the face value looks real it might be fake so it, there could be a scenario where the agent is entering their number thinking that it's a real ID, but it's a fake ID because the person who is coming to take the money is well aware of the fact that they don't want a real ID in there in case it's a, it's a fraud transaction. It's like it doesn't go good for the vendors because like what if it's not my fault? So I'm being blocked because it's really not my fault. Now two, my issue is you have people who are coming to withdraw 10 CDs, bringing their IDs. Let's take to note that people are already very skeptical in terms of the leaving their numbers with user agents and how they get SMSs and all of that. And now you've gone a little head higher and now we are doing IDs. Is it fair? Is it fair to say that we can limit ID transactions to a certain amount? I don't need to give my ID when I come to take 10 CD because I don't carry my ID around one. That's the issue. I thought that it wouldn't be a case of KYC, but a case of transactional fraud. Where if somebody is coming to um, remove 2,000 CDs or 1,000 CDs, there is a need for them to give their IDs and not 10 CDs or 20 CDs. I don't know if you get where, where, where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah, I, I get your point. Now let me let me respond to to it. You see, there are two things here. You want to look at normal fraudulent activities. 
from that perspective. You're also looking at money laundering and terrorism financing. From where I sit, these are the things I'm looking at. We found ourselves in a situation where El Shabaab is just around here. Boko Haram is just around here. We are not far from those group of terrorists, right? Mm -hmm. And the terrorist activities, financing of terrorist activities, if you study their mode of operation, the funds does not come from normally or like um, entirely come from fraudulent activities. Mm -hmm. It comes from people's own uh, genuinely acquired funds that they want to donate to support. And it comes in bits. 10 Ghana cities here, $1 here, $2 here, $3 here, $4 here. And it goes to aggregate somewhere. And that is what they will use. Launch an attack against you yourself. So from where I sit, not as a customer, but as a compliance, a fraud specialist, an anti-money laundering specialist, I am looking across these sectors, these spectrums, and ensuring that whatever I put in place protects not only the customer, but also the business and the country. Remember recently, we were told somewhere last year that Ghana has been put on a gray list. That goes a long way to affect not only our economic development, but also even our own individuals when we are traveling outside the country. People will now have to scrutinize you very well because they think Ghana is an avenue where people are doing money laundering. That is why we are on the gray list. These things are not really up to the the you know the day-to-day -day customer to grasp until he or she is being informed right so if today my regulator hears that even 10 Ghana cities had gone through my platform to a particular account that is being used to support terrorism activities or it's a money laundering, uh, you know, scheme that somebody decided to come and withdraw 10 Ghana cities here. Then he will draw 20 Ghana cities there. Then he go and withdraw 50 Ghana cities there. And then at the end of the day, he's been able to wash his money. The license for mobile money will be revoked. What happens? The, cost, the businesses on our side will lose our business. People go out of job. And you, the customer, will also lose that sense of using the mobile money service. Probably you have other options, as in going to use another service provider. So that is where I say. And so when I'm looking at this KYC thing that you, you, you think is my main focus, it is not at all. It is also to be able to identify who came to do the cash out. Now, let me tell you something. I monitor the transaction, I as in business, right? We monitor the transactions that you do. 
And based on the transaction that you do, we risk profile you as a customer. So on my platform or on our platform, I will profile you today. You can be on green. That oh, as for you, you have nothing. But there are certain transactions that you will do that might push you from green to amber. Then it means I have to be very careful about this guy. And can move you from amber to red. And I have to be very, and I probably I have to call you and gather some more information about what you are doing, which we call enhanced due diligence. Right? To gather more information, explain things to you, and now gather more information about the things we do, and then reprofile you. If I get to know that there is nothing wrong, oh, it's just that, oh, when you came in, for example, when you came in and you registered, you said you are a, a paper vendor, a newspaper vendor, or you are a coconut seller, right? And I profile you on a particular profile. And basically, from my knowledge of the business, we can think that, okay, you will make roughly a sales of maybe 5,000 Ghana cities a day, or 3,000 Ghana cities a day. So you are put on a particular threshold based on other factors, not only one factor. And so we expect that you'll be making deposit or withdrawals roughly uh, X amount of money once in a day. These are all parameters that we put in place that will monitor what you do and profile you. And then we see you doing 10,000 deposit, 5,000 deposit, and then you are withdrawing 6,000, 7,000 almost every day. That will push you to red. And that will now let me first get where and where does this guy do all the, the cash out and the deposits. And I'll be able to identify all those agents. Then we'll start to inquire, you know, the agent, this guy normally comes to you, do this transaction, blah, 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 trying to get to understand what is happening. And then we'll come to the person himself. You know, oh, I'm no more selling coconut. Oh, I've gotten... I've opened my own shop. I'm doing this distribution, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing this and that. And so now I am gaining more. We have the, the, the document to prove those things. That person is reprofiled on our platform. All these things happen behind your back. You get it? So we look at all these things before certain directives or implementations are done. But sometimes it becomes difficult for me to come and stand and then tell you all the stories before we go ahead, right? Yeah. We'll just yeah. be telling you what I think you can hear and you would understand. That's that's a very fair point. That's a very a, fair exactly. Point. So it, 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 that is how we are looking at it from not only from the fraud perspective, but also who who is he, what he does, what is he doing, what was he at the time we embodied him, for example, if today you come, you are here, pay your work, and I today, 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 you are not on my list as a politically exposed person. But if in our next election you become an assemblyman or you become an MP, you become a politically exposed person, your profile on my platform entirely changes. My red light on you. It's higher than more, uh, uh, when he, you were not a politician. You see, and that is what happens within the financial space. So all these things happen and you try to put in place certain initiatives to minimize the effect of certain actions that customers will come up. 
in the beginning sometimes you would understand that you know it's a change of attitude and it's difficult but at the long run as we go as we educate and we give explanation to certain things people will become more exposed to the knowledge behind or the rationale behind certain activities and they will come to buy into it you know so i can understand the issue of the loophole eh? our reps as in the agents they are in an agency agreement with us and we can understand that today it's difficult for them as at the point of taking the id card to validate whether it is fake or not we we understand that what we don't understand and we will not tolerate is the fact that you pick an id card and you see the id number ac35140 but you decide to ignore and you put one 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 two 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 right put the id card number which was on the id card and let us go verify it and then know that this is a fake id we'll we have a way of dealing with those ones but if you intentionally you know after we have engaged and educated you and told you the reason why we are doing this and you buy into it you sign our contract and then you intentionally now decide to go around it because you have one id you put it down john mensa came and then you wrote the id down and then steven answer came steven doesn't have an id so he decided to enter john mensa's id uh to do the the transaction for steven mensa we will get you because the id name will be steven asare the wallet name will be john mensa they are two different people so we will know that you you did something wrong they don't know some of these things but that is one of our monitoring you know way to ensure that they are doing the right thing we don't block you because you've entered a fake id we understand that process Mm-hmm. We understand that exposure mm-hmm. and you know there is risk. We in some area you cannot clear all the risks. You minimize it and that is what we are doing. But for you to intentionally input certain fake numbers that is what we don't tolerate. Sometimes the truth is that the user doesn't care and the user just wants convenience and one of the reason why mobile money works for the unbanked is because in the midst of all this bank chaos you can have money on your wallet without having to write your kyc's and your mother's maiden name and all of that all of that information now what i am speaking to that and the reason why i think that this money thing should be pegged at a limit is because like let me take an example when you are traveling you can declare the amount you have if it goes past a certain amount, those monies can be seized. And as you said, you have to come and show the reason why you are traveling with this amount of money. It's the same thing that has to go with your profiling thing that you said. If somebody is making regular cash out of 500 CDs, a lot of us are making 10,000 CDs. I mean, it calls for concern. And those amounts can't be flagged as in they would require um how do you call it id card to validate that process i personally think that i mean i i I, as a user i personally think that there should be a limit to the amount of monies that would need id cards because you guys already have the information i get it that in the initial stages 
and as a technical person you guys are trying to have a huge database repository of ids that you can fall to in case there are issues that's why you are taking all of these ids but i think that at some point of this process there should be a limit to um the money that requires id because when you talk to normal users who don't have technical knowledge they are very skeptical about giving out their id cards because already you know like their numbers are being given out and they are getting sms's from all of these people that you know they have their assumptions who it is and it's not even based on fact but if my numbers are out there then what about my id card at some point there should be a limit to the monies that are being collected because it's really stress personally for me to bring my id card to take 20 cds or 30 cds now what i do is honestly and i'm being honest with you is that i transfer it to vodafone cash and i take my money from there do you get it and that's why i wanted to have this kind of conversation that we are able to mitigate from a user point of view and then a technical point of view um your final submission before we end the podcast I mean, you, 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 you have a point there. Um, it, it wouldn't be long. Um, it wouldn't be long. You would, you would uh, uh, also hear that all other competitors uh, will, will be asked to be doing the same thing. Um, that is, that is the regulator enforcing, uh, enforcing the 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 the, the regulations. Uh, you know, on, on that side, convenience normally comes with a cost convenience comes with a cost and i can understand in this sense it is speaking to more of an attitudinal change and that makes it a bit difficult uh, uh, yes and I, I, I can understand the inconveniences it is uh, coming up but with time you know um, we believe as we fly along nothing is cast in stone we are dealing with business and compliance. Uh, it's it's business. Compliance is not there to prevent business. It's rather to help business grow. So, as as we go with time, we see trends, and there are certain adjustments that will will be made still within the confines of the law uh, to ensure that you know we, we give some level of convenience, um, taking into consideration the risks involved. You know to to our customers so surely one issue for example is um can i take a picture of my id card on my phone mm-hmm. and use it yeah right mm-hmm. at this point we say no but we are having agents who if you go um they will take the risk and still you know take a look at it and input the id and when we check you know that those ids will be correct yes we are monitoring those ones and then we'll see um the need for it whether it's something that is growing that a lot of the customers are using that one and then business will come clear with its position on on on, on, on that so yes i get your uh how do you call it your 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 submission and i think it's something that you know we'll consider as i said nothing is is cut cast in stone um we'll, we'll just be looking at it as as we go on to see how best we can tweak certain things still within the confines of the law to ensure that our customers you know experience the co- convenience that they need just to to finalize it just a point of education 
on our mobile money platform, we have, we have three different kinds of wallets. You know, we have the minimum, we have the medium, and we have the enhanced, right? So the minimum, you can do 1,000 Ghana cities a day, whether you are transferring or you are cashing out. You can do just 1,000 Ghana cities a day, and you can do 6,000 in a month, right? Aggregation. Then the, the, the medium, you'll be able to do 5,000 Ghana cities in a day, uh, and, and you can do uh, 30,000, uh, 50,000 Ghana CDs in a month, right? And then the the enhanced, which is the highest, you can do 10,000 Ghana CDs in a day, and then your monthly limit is unlimited. Okay. You know, so these are the three um, kinds of wallets that we have. And uh, what will be the wallet size as to how much the wallet can hold at any point in time, the, the minimum one can hold um, 2,000 Ghana CDs at a point in time. That is, if you put money in it and it gets to 2,000, you can't put any money unless you do a transaction for, for it, for the balance to come down before. Then the medium one takes 15,000 Ghana CDs. So you can put up to 15,000 uh, 15, 15, and it's full uh, unless you do a transaction before you can replenish it. Then the highest one, which is the hands, can hold thirty thousand Ghana cities at a point in time. Okay, you know, so these okay. just to just to give some education mm -hmm. around the the okay. kinds of subscriber wallets we do have. Okay, all right. So, Mr. Godwin, um, it's been a very wonderful episode. Thanks for coming on the podcast, and I actually want to say a big thanks to the communication, um, the corporate communication department of NTN. Um, Madam Georgina, Nash, Ajoa, they were really helpful in um, the mail correspondence that got you onto the podcast. Thank you really, really for coming and your time. Thank you very much for having me. To our listeners, we'll see you on the next episode. This has been a Gold Coast Reports production. Catch up on episodes and discover more shows from our network on listen to gcr.com. Self can go. Who be you go where you ask? Again, again, man, blow. You still hate it, okay. Okay, 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 ok